You know when the clock strikes 12, that Midnight Mania Sports hosted by Austin Takuda and George Hathaway starts right now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Midnight Mania Sports. Austin Takuda here with George Hathaway once again for Season 2, Episode 4. Moments ago, George, the Celtics defeated the Heat in Game 5 of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. A huge win for Boston. Keeps them alive to play another day. That was an amazing game for the Celtics. It really showed that if they can have that momentum and carry over throughout the game, it's going to go into the next games as well. Look at the first quarter. They played absolutely terrible. Duncan Robinson had 12 points in the first quarter, and the Celtics only had, um, I believe it was 18. So they were playing terrible in the first quarter. Second quarter, they started picking it up. It was then... Uh, it was within double digits. Um, it was a relatively close game. I think it was single digit. I don't remember yeah. what the score was at. Time. So then, um, and then going into the third quarter, they outscored the Heat 41 at 25. Uh, Jason Tatum had 17 in the third quarter alone. So that was absolutely amazing by Tatum that he actually stepped up in the third quarter because the Celtics throughout this entire series haven't really been a second half team. Uh, you could see games one and games two, especially that when they had 14, 16-point leads in the first half, they ended up blowing it in the third quarter. So it was good to kind of see a change of pace for the Celtics right now as they're going in the second half as a stronger team. And that's what they need to carry them over into hopefully coming back from this. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they, they played pretty poor in the first quarter. But you look at the third quarter, a quarter that the Celtics typically struggle a little bit in. Uh, scoring 41 points is incredible. Tatum played pretty well, but still the Celtics three point shooting wasn't as good as the heat. I mean, I don't expect it to be because the heat have some shooters that the Celtics can't really match, but I think in a way the Celtics are still due to hit some more threes. Tatum was three for 10 from beyond the arc. Hayward was 0 for four, Tice 0 for two. So those guys are going to hit threes at some point, especially Hayward, especially Tatum will hit a couple more, I think. So I think they're due to start catching fire from deep a little bit more than they have been. They've struggled a little bit in that department, but I think Hayward especially, now that he's got a couple games in a row out there, I think, you know, game six is huge, obviously. Can't lose because he'll need to go home, but right. for Hayward especially, that's a huge game for him because it kind of, you know, could help define his Celtics career. Was this a complete bus signing, or is this a guy who's going to turn it on now when you face elimination? Because tonight's a game where – he didn't expect the Celtics to win, but I had a feeling they we're going to play well tonight and win just because of how competitive they are. Adjustments coming. They're ready to try to close this series out, and they don't want to let it get into game seven because then it's kind of essentially anyone's series again. So game six is going to be the toughest game. Not, not, not tonight's game. It was, you know, not no game's easy. But game six is going to be incredibly difficult for Boston because Miami is going to throw everything they can at them to prevent it from getting to game seven. And what was really surprising for the Miami Heat was that they were 7 for 36 from beyond the arc. And that's a team right there. We have Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, who I believe are potentially the next Splash Brothers in the NBA. Those two players can absolutely shoot the ball from beyond the arc. I mean, Jay Crowder can hit a few when needed. Andre Iguodala and Jimmy Butler as well. But tonight, the, the Heat just weren't in it in the second half. And even shooting-wise, they shot 45% from the field, and so did the Celtics. So it really just came down to, I think, who wanted it more. There's a lot of extra hustle plays by the Celtics throughout the game, especially in the second half, third quarter, fourth quarter, and even the fouls. Uh, there was 
a lot of questionable ones, I thought. Um, even for like the fouls, the Heat had 29 and the Celtics had 23 throughout the entire game. And free throw wise, um, I would say it was actually pretty even. Both teams shot 29 free throws. So I think throughout the game, though, especially in the first half, the game was very choppy. And it was like every other play, there would be a foul call and like the continuation that would all stop and kind of ruin the momentum of the game. But I think in the second half, the refs did a lot better. And you can't entirely blame a loss or a way a game's played on the refs because of, you know, you need to have a team to step up and to make some plays as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the refs, you know, you can't ever let it get to a point where the refs are the number one factor as to why you lose. Tonight, they weren't great. I didn't think there was a couple of calls. I mean, Daniel Tice gets less respect than Kelly Olenek got. And that mm-hmm. says something. So Olenek got no calls when he was here. Now you have Tice and he's just standing there while Dragic shoots three. And he, you know, Dragic literally like jumps into Tice, who's kind of still. And they mm-hmm. call a foul on Tice. Then Dragic drives to the basket, mm-hmm. but he doesn't drive to the hoop. He angles himself at Tice, who is coming from the side. If they, they showed a, a pretty good angle. I mean, you could tell. And, you know, Jeff Van Gundy didn't even bring it up. He, he just kind of was like, oh, it's a terrible call, Mike. But if you look at the angle, Draghi wasn't trying to even go to the hoop. He was trying to initiate contact with Tice. That's what Mark Jackson said. If you did that in my park, you wouldn't walk – something about walking out alive. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Oh, boy. When he, when he said my park, <laughs> I was thinking of 2K. I was like, you can need people in 2K since uh, when? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. But that, I mean, <laughs> That call, though, um, on Gordon Drogic when he need Daniel Tice, I thought, though, that you're right. Like, he did angle himself in a weird way. His upper, upper body was kind of tilted towards the basket while his lower half of his body were, was literally inside of Daniel Tice. And that was yeah. just – and that was the right Poor call guy. by – it was the right call by calling it an offensive foul because you can tell that there was some intention there. But going back to that three-point play, Dragic was jumping into Tice. And you could see how Tice was backing away, had his arms behind his back. So you know that he didn't want to initiate that contact because throughout that entire game, the Heat would shoot a three and then there'd be a foul call and you would get a potential four-point play or three free throws after that. So I think the Celtics caught on to that trend that was going on. I think the Heat were trying to lean in and make contact so they can so they can get three free throws or potential four point play. And I think Tice did the right thing. It just ended up being a bad call. Yeah, I don't know what else he's supposed to do. Like maybe lay down. I don't like he backed away, he put his hands down and like I get when the guy leans to take a three and tries to draw contact when you have a player jumping or putting his hands down or whatever it might be or leaning towards the guy shooting the ball. But Tice did none of those things. So that was just one of the calls in the, you know, in the fourth that kind of stuck out to me that could have been costly if it was a closer game. Um, but, you know, I thought on the other side of things, Jimmy Butler again played really well. Um, Tyler Hero didn't play as well. I mean, I didn't expect him to score 30 again, but, you know, Celtics seemed to figure out how to stop him a little more. But when a guy gets hot, you know, that shows you when a guy gets hot, in the playoffs, they can carry you to a win. We've seen it with Jamal Murray. We've seen it now with Tyler Hero. Tatum to a degree. I don't feel like, though, that Tatum's ever carrying the Celtics because Jalen still had a couple big threes late. You have 
Uh, Kemba playing pretty well. Hayward had a couple good plays. I mean, and Tice as well. I just don't feel like Tatum's had to carry, if that makes sense. But I feel mm-hmm. like watching other games, like it was pretty evident that it was hero or die in game uh, game four, was it? And uh, and like Jamal Murray sometimes, you'll turn on a Nuggets game and it's Murray, 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 just right. eight plays in a row. I don't feel that with the Celtics, which isn't a bad thing. But I guess we'll have to see what kind of happens game six. I really expect – Tatum to play out of his mind game six and Hayward to step it up a little bit. I mean, cause that's, this is the biggest game for Hayward coming up game seven could end up being bigger if they get there, but to get to seven, you got to win six. So we'll see. We'll see where that leads them. I mean, Tatum had 31 and Brown had 28. So it wasn't like, like you said, how Tatum doesn't have, isn't carrying in a way, but at the same time, he also is hitting big shots. I think I was most surprised though was with, and it's Cantor, 10 minutes, 8 points, 4 for 4 from the field. He, I think, really sparked a good run for the Celtics late in the second quarter on um, mm. that first half. And I wish to see him more in the game because I feel like he can actually add a lot to the team. Uh, yes, he is a defensive liability. And he can get you those big, good offensive rebounds for a second chance points, but still... Um, I think having an extra big in there like Cantor, maybe along with Tice, uh, would be really beneficial for the Celtics because that's kind of one area where they're really lacking this season is that big man position. You know, who can you guard at that position? I thought, you know, Cantor didn't do a terrible job on Bam, but at the same time, you know, he has that history and he's very inconsistent defensively. Yeah, that's the thing with Cantor is he's so valuable with offensive rebounding and even scoring close to the basket. But as soon as you get on the defensive end, it's like he's such a liability. And another thing, too, is he gets gassed very easily. So he can only play like five-minute spurts most, like a maximum. So it's just kind of concerning. I mean, I don't, I honestly don't even think he'll be back here next year because you're paying him essentially $4 million a year. You'd expect him to uh, kind of fill this role in the playoffs that Tice is playing. So I don't see – I mean, as much as I like the guy – I think he's a you know good piece for a team. He, he just is a liability defensively and doesn't have the stamina you need. But at the same time, it kind of makes me wonder why the Celtics have struggled to find a solid bench piece the last few years. You go back to um, 2010s where they signed Shaq and Jermaine O'Neal to, you know, mid-level exceptions, league minimums. But those are guys, you know, obviously there's no Shaq and Jermaine out there right now in free agency. But there's still guys like Jamal Crawford that you pass up on. There's guys out there that, you know, don't need to make much money to try to contend for a championship. It seems like Boston just doesn't want to bring them in because they're confident in their guys. But then you have Romeo Langford going down. Carson Edwards doesn't play much. You have Cantor struggling, Rob Williams struggling. You have a really weak bench unit. And your bench unit, yeah, it looks better than it was, partially because you have Hayward back now. So you have flexibility with Hayward coming off the bench. But you need something else. You know what I mean? You need a guy that you can – you look at the heat. Iguodala comes off the bench, you know, he's flexible. Duncan Robinson and Hero and Iguodala and Butler are all kind of, you know, you can rotate them in and out with Dragic and Kendrick Nunn occasionally. So they have so many pieces. I think the Celtics are missing that piece, but they've been able to make up for it with guys getting hot at the right time. So, you know, going into game six, we'll see how Hayward plays, but you need some, you need that, this one piece missing. I think it's pretty obvious either way. You know, if they win the series, they win the series, you know, whatever, whatever happens. But I still think that this team could be so much better if they had that one piece that they're missing. 
in that one piece, I mean, Dwight Howard was a free agent for yeah. the longest time, and you could have put him on there. You see how Dwight Howard's playing right now on the Lakers against in this series, especially against uh, the Nuggets. He's playing like that old self that he was back in Orlando. And yeah. I thought that maybe if you get Dwight Howard on the Celtics instead of maybe, I don't know, anybody else, I think that Dwight Howard would be a better fit on that Celtics team, especially because they like to do that pick and roll. They and did that, yeah, they did that with Cantor a lot with that pick and roll and even with Tice as well. So doing having that little combo I think would really benefit the Celtics, but I guess they didn't really take on that opportunity. Yeah, and if you look at their bench tonight, Grant Williams, eight minutes. He was 0 for 1, no points, one rebound, no assists. Um, Two fouls, hey, too. Yeah, not a good showing. I like the kid, but he's, he needs some work. That's the thing is you're going to keep drafting these guys at, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to draft them at the 20s or the first round. I mean, you look at the Heat, they have a kid that they draft at 13 who comes in and scores 37. The most Grant Williams is doing is picking up a couple fouls and missing <laughs> a three. So it's just kind of like a little – like yeah, I mean, obviously Romeo got hurt again, but even when he was playing, he didn't do anything. So it's like, oh, if we could have converted on one of these late-round picks, whether it was, you know, Romeo Langford or even back a couple of years ago where with Yabusele and Zizic and you just – you've missed on a bunch of them, I feel like. So if we could have just converted on one of these mid-to-late-round picks, we would be in so much better shape. Like, I know Rosier Especially turned Carson. out pretty well. That's Especially Carson Edwards. Edwards too. I mean, that's the thing. Is Isaiah Thomas has been in free agency all year. And if that's what you're going for, you could have let Edwards just play the D-League all year and then let mm-hmm. IT just come in and score. Because I think that, you know, honestly, they've needed buckets this series. And I know Isaiah is banged up, but why wouldn't they just give him a shot if Edwards isn't even going to play? And, yeah, you're wasting, not wasting these draft picks yet because they're still kind of new, but you know what I mean? You're not really utilizing them. So might as well just give a veteran a shot who – is probably going to have more impact than these guys for now. But we'll see where they go in game six. I mean, the bench didn't play much. That's the thing. So you've got a lot of mileage on, you know, Smart, Tatum, especially Jalen, even Kemba. But it's good to have Hayward back. It was a disaster before he was back. So we'll see what happens. No, Hayward definitely gives momentum for this team, especially coming off the bench. And you mentioned how they really don't go deep into – this team and into the bench they've only brought up four players so far to play um coming off the bench uh williams hayward Cantor, water and watermaker but then for the heat you got five players coming off the bench and kendrick nunn didn't even play and he was second in rookie of the year voting so i mean you got olenic you got hill uh jones jr iguodala and tyler hero and hero coming off the bench with 14 points again so, I mean, here the Heat are going deeper in their lineup and are getting more out of it than really the Celtics are. And Hayward had 10 and Cantor had 8, but that was really it for the Celtics coming off the bench. You really had to rely more on the starters and going deeper in the playoffs and potentially into the NBA Finals. You're not going to want to rely on all your starters the entire game because they're going to get tired and that's just going to affect them in later games. So you're going to want to go into your bench early on and try to get some players going like Hayward and Cantor have, but you're going to need more than just two players that combine for 18 points off the bench. 
Yeah, that's the thing too for Boston is, you know, you don't want to you, – you're putting a lot of miles on these guys right now because you have to. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it comes back to that buzzer beater that the Raptors hit on us with 0.5 seconds left. That cost a whole other game. I mean, maybe even two because that doesn't go in. I mean, the Raptors are just done. You know what I mean? It just – it was a tough hit. I mean, now you're playing extra games. You got extra minutes. You got extra competition. And then, you know, to add on top of it, the Lakers have a chance to just finish up in five and go right to the finals and be waiting for the Celtics to finish. So that's the tough part. If you're the Celtics, you – or even the Heat, I guess, you want the Lakers series to keep going. That way you can get some rest, you know what I mean? Uh, if you're the Heat, get some rest. If you're the Celtics, you know, at least enter on an even playing field. So uh, the good thing is they're all young. I mean, it's not like you're taking KG and Pierce and Ray at age 33 into the finals again. You're taking, you know, 23-year-olds. So that's the good part. And long-term, that's a good thing, too, because it's like you just keep getting back to the Eastern Conference Finals at age 23 with Tatum, with Jalen. Smart's not old. Kemba is the veteran I think you need. And if you're Danny to give you that thing, that, that challenge of, all right, what is the piece we're missing here? I don't think it's coaching. Um, you know, what, what can we do in the offseason? So I guess we'll have to see what happens game six. But um, on the other side of things, the Nuggets-Lakers. Uh, Lakers with a nice win last night. I mean, I, Charles Barkley had brought the brooms out. That didn't happen. I, like I said the other time, I said the series is pretty much over. But I did say I could see it going five or six, which it will go five, obviously, with the Nuggets picking up a win. Um, but I think the Lakers will clean it up in the upcoming game five. Yeah, so for the Nuggets, they're heavily relying on just Jamal Murray to like produce some points on offense. You know, Nikola Jokic didn't have the best game uh, last night, and that was just like he's that second guy you need to go to, especially for the Nuggets where they don't have a lot of offense on their team. You have Michael Porter Jr. who you know, demanded to get the ball more, but he really hasn't done much with that. I mean, you play defense first. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you um, last night Jamal Murray had thirty-two points, and Jermaine Grant had seventeen, and that was it. Nikola Jokic had sixteen, and Paul Millsap, who I'm pretty sure is washed up at this point. I mean, he's been pretty much everywhere, and he was really good on the Hawks years ago but other than that he really hasn't been much and yeah i mean he's not terrible but he's not paul Millsap that was an all-star so that's the thing is that murray's shouldering the load again monty morris isn't bad off the bench but isn't bad as a guy get you a championship that's the problem yeah and even looking for the lakers anthony davis had 34 lebron 26 but then you you go into the bench and then there's rondo who has 11 points five rebounds, seven assists. And Machine. Rondo, Rondo's the X factor for this series. And he's been that for the last series as well when he came back. So having Rondo there is the biggest help LeBron could probably get in his career. And I'm not saying Rondo's a better teammate than anyone else he's played with, but Rondo has probably the most experience and probably the highest IQ in basketball besides Chris Paul. And the way he can spread the floor, create an offense, and create a play is unlike any other guard that I've seen in the NBA, and that's why Rondo's probably one of the best 
point guards in our time to probably witness? I say so. I mean, Rondo, it's, it's very unique because he had a situation where he was traded from Boston to the Mavericks, obviously, for decent compensation if you're Boston. And then things didn't really go well for him after that. So for him to even still be playing in a playoff series is incredible because his type of play is kind of extinct now because he doesn't shoot threes well. You know, there's only a handful of guys like him who are can get to the bucket occasionally. You know, he's essentially a 10 points a game, 10 assists a game point guard. And there's not many point guards who are like that anymore. And that was a value, you know, back in the 2000s where you had Rondo, you had guys like Jason Williams who could do that, even Steve Nash, but Nash could shoot more. But he'd still, you know, he could get 12 assists a game. Curry's not getting 12 assists a game. Dame's not getting 12 assists a game. Kyrie can't get more than six a game. Even Kemba doesn't get more than five a game. So all your point guards now are scorers. Rondo has been able to figure it out enough to score at a decent level and still be one of the best passers of all time and continue to ascend up the all-time assists in the playoffs, you know, rankings. So I'm just impressed that he's still around because after, you know, he was with the Kings and the Pelicans and bounced around, I was like, wow. This is a guy that I don't even, you know, I don't expect him to be in the league much longer. Just partially because the way he plays, they don't really utilize anymore. The only other guy that comes to mind is really uh, Ricky Rubio because he's similar. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for Rondo, it's, it's great because he's now still in the league, contending for a championship, getting post-game interviews on TNT. So, got to be happy for the guy. And what's awful is Danny Green, I'm pretty sure, is the worst basketball player I think I've ever seen. Dude yeah. has played 21 minutes, three points, and was one for six from the floor. One for four from three-point range. And three fouls and three rebounds. Like, this dude just had threes across the board and 21 minutes. Horrible. That's absolutely terrible. Like, how, how are you going to have a starting shooting guard, or shooting guard, whose job is in the description of his position – to shoot the ball, and he doesn't even do that good. I mean, well, I'd rather well, put you know in what they paid him, right? Caruso. Put in Caruso over him. I hate Caruso. That guy's awful. He looks like a Bugs Bunny character to me, to be He's honest. He's just weird. He bothers me. But like, no, they gave Danny Green two years, $30 million. Two years, $30 million, which is $15 million a year for Danny Green. Like At you the time, much- I was like... Well, at the time, I was like, all right. I mean, like, he can shoot threes, play some defense, probably fits well with LeBron and AD. Like, you're paying for a fit. You know what I mean? Like, you're probably paying the guy a little bit more because he fits well. And then I just, you know, the whole season, it just, like, it looks like me in the driveway. Like, clank, clank, clank. Like, he can't hit anything. Like, this guy, you could have the hoop three times the size it is, he's still going to miss. And it's, it's incredible for what he's getting paid. Now you look at it, like, what the hell do we do with this guy next year? Like, there's not, there's not many options. He's got to be making $15 million. I mean, maybe you can, like, beg the Knicks to take him on, which I'm sure they will. You trade him to the Knicks and just throw in a second-round pick, they'll probably give you, like, a first back. That's, I mean, that's how that organization's run. So, or maybe the Pelicans will take him, too. I mean, I'm sure Zion will have to play with another guy to bail him out. Listen, the amount of money you could probably get for Danny Green, two years, $30 million. Paul Millsap this year alone is getting thirty million. Like I'm not saying that's good. Well, the thing is, is like, yeah, you got to look at like who else could we have had? I know there's not. I mean, there's probably not a ton, but like, you shouldn't have spent two years, like fifteen million a year, just to spend the money. Like, 
I would have just signed him to a one-year $17 million deal and said, all right, Danny, like, we'll see what happens after the year. Cause that's how LeBron's teams typically go. Like, you know, I don't want any of you back if you play horrible. So let's just give you a year. But, like, they decided Danny Green was worth two, and uh, I'm sure they're regretting that decision watching the playoffs and him being just so bad at basketball. Like, I, I don't know why he's still starting. Like, I, I don't know what they see in him. I, I have no not idea. seen any potential all series through Danny Green. He ECP just plays. played all right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not bad. And another yeah, one I don't. Casey who is Peter. Kuzma? Because I don't. Oh, yeah, Kuzma. I can't stand. Kuzma. Isn't it Kyle Char- Kuzma? Yeah, Charles Barkley calls him Carl, though. Well, he plays like he's um, nobody. Uh, Ten points, zero rebounds, in nineteen minutes. Like, how tall is Kuzma? Kuzma's a power forward, and he got well, zero a- rebounds in a well, game. Well, AD had like three the other night. I don't know which game it was. The game that yeah, he, lost, had, he had five. He had five um, the last game. Yeah, he's not rebounding. It's, I mean, Jokic is, like, big. But, like, um, you'd think he'd get more than three or five rebounds in a, in a basketball contest. And, and AD, he sprained his ankle, so he's going to be questionable for uh, uh, Saturday's game. So, I mean, really. What do you do then? The Lakers, who's your next center? JaVale McGee. God, you got to go with JaVale and Dwight. Like, just hope they, like, really wake up in good moods and really can play well. Because, like... I, I mean, I guess they'll have to play small. Um, well, JaVale I mean, McGee, zero points in nine minutes. Oh, God. I like JaVale, but, like, not... Like, the thing is, like, Davis, like, is more than your center. Like, he's a he's a scorer so, when LeBron can't. So, like, JaVale's not that. I mean, there's Dwight. As much as JaVale can come in and get some rebounds, but, like... At this point, he's just ring chasing for money, you know. So who AD? No, Javale. Javale's been on like. Why don't they bring him to Boston? Think he'd no, 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 no. <laughs> well, just like so see him on Shaq in the Fool every week. Yeah, whatever he can do, Rob Williams can probably do better. I mean, but I mean, uh, what was I gonna you say? know who yeah. I would like, or you know, not now, but I thought was going to be good is Frank Kaminsky, like while we're on the centers. Like I thought he was. going to Oh, be I remember like, him. Yeah, and I was like, Julie oh, Okafor this guy's going to be him. solid. Yeah, they, well, they both ended up being horrible. What Joey Okafor isn't bad <laughs> on the Pelicans. He's a great fit there, along with the other Duke players. You know what I noticed today? Fun <laughs> fact, Austin. Mm-hmm, LeBron has LeBron hasn't won an NBA champion. He hasn't won a championship. Without a Duke player on his roster. In 2012, it was Shane Battier. 2013, Shane Battier. 2016, Kyrie. This year, potentially, it could be Quinn Cook. I'm just, Quinn it, Cook. It's just facts. Quinn Cook's good. He's actually not a bad point guard um, when, he decide, when he gets into the game. The you know what's also true? Times. Zion's never won a rookie of the year. <laughs> uh, that, you know, it's funny. You know, you know who also didn't? Tyler Hero. Yeah, I know. And doesn't he's, matter. He's got. He's great. But Zion's not. Wait, a do you hear what Paul Pierce said about him? No. He's like he's not good or something like that. He's like something like that. He, well, like Paul or something. He's, he's like he's not good in doing like in in the Eastern Conference Finals or something like that. And yeah, the same Paul Pierce who did terrible in 2014 in the Eastern Conference Finals, but. Paul's got a lot of hot takes. Like I love the guy, but he sometimes you just shouldn't analyze. Like, no, 
he he does say some questionable things. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for me for basketball. I don't know if you have anything else to add NBA-wise before we move over to some NFL action. No, just the Pelicans will probably be in it next year, but that's it. In what? In, in the league. Well, yeah, being in the league. Maybe like in, the play- in, but the playoffs? Be in the playoffs. Are you saying? They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be in the playoffs for sure. Probably. I mean, it doesn't take much in the West right now. If Mike Conley can lead Rudy Gobert, well, I guess they have Mitchell, but like Rudy sucks. So. Yeah, they have Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Rudy Gobert right, needs to go, them. though. Rudy Gobert needs to go. He's not good. I think the actual that team might get blown up just because of like the whole Rudy Gobert causing COVID thing. Yeah. So that might end up uh, that could go downhill pretty quick. Um, but what no, I'm the, the West is going to be competitive next year. The Warriors I know, are going to really, be healthy. I, the Pelicans do have a solid team. I will give you the that. Clippers are going to be terrible, um, so it'll just be easier. No, yeah, I, no, the Clippers won't be terrible. If PG well, and Kawhi still. Yeah, how did playoff P work out? Okay, it doesn't matter how playoff P worked. If regular season PG can get you to the playoffs, then maybe you just need a little bit of postseason Pat Bev this year, and then that'll help out. Or Zubak. I love, I love Zubak. He's great. Yeah, Chicken Wing Lou. He'll be like retired by then. You know, you know what the Pelicans need? What they what struggle they with? A competent center. You mean Julio Okafor? He is horrible. You know that, and I know that. He's terrible <laughs> defensively. Like, look at all the teams playing right now. Jokic, AD, you have Bam, and even like Tyson is so much better than Okafor. But he's by far better than Okafor. Okafor is horrible. Look at the stats. Put it on one of your Twitter polls. Okafor is terrible. Look up his stats. One of my Twitter polls. My Twitter polls. Tyson just had 15 13. And. Oh, what is his. He has a 15 we're talking points. About like pro- we're talking prime Julio Okafor? There's no prime. What prime? Averaging 12 a game on a horrible about Sixers team that I would hit three threes a game on? There's not much of a career. 11 They're points. Six and four. 11 points per game. Five. <laughs> Never mind. Five rebounds at 7 yeah, 1. Five, re- yeah. <laughs> five rebounds. I, yeah. How do you feel that, like, a. Like Westbrook, who's six two, gets more than rebounds again. All right, Westbrook. Just, all right, all right. He's a different breed. <laughs> Eight and four this year. Okafor averages like less than one block a game, and he's seven foot. Where's his height? Seven one or six eleven? Either way. Yeah, he's not that he's tall. Waste of height. Okafor yeah, Austin, is, what are you dropping? What, what number is he dropping with? Six ten. Seven. Six eleven on sneakers. Okay, so what, how if many I was points seven are you dropping feet, with that? Have, well, I'd play defense, or I'd learn how to play defense if I was 6'11". You'd like, be the greatest basketball I, player I feel ever. Like, no, I wouldn't be that good. But I'd learn how to play defense, and Okafor can't do that. Tice can. I'll t- like, did you watch the game tonight? Tice was blocking people like it was... I did watch like the game. You well, see that he block he had on Hero? Oh, okay, that, that's stretching it. Don't call him Wilt. <laughs> All right, I think no. it's a good time to move over to the NFL. Yes. So, last night on Thursday Night Football, we had the Jaguars and Dolphins in the battle of the mustache versus beard. Garner Minshew didn't play his best. Wasn't terrible, I didn't think, but didn't play his best. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, pretty good. Uh, Jaguars defense got no stops again. 
That's what happens when you trade literally all your good players. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, it's an important first win of the year for them, but they still don't look like they're ready to contend this year, obviously. Um, but the Jaguars, James Robinson was good. Had six catches for 80-plus yards, had two touchdowns on the ground. I started him in fantasy, fantasy genius. And it was a good move by me. But overall, the Jaguars, I think they have a decent receiving core. Robinson looked good at running back the last three weeks. And then Minshew's probably a good quarterback based on what he's shown last year and a year and three weeks. But there's got to, you know, I mean, they're rebuilding. Nobody's going to hide that. Um, but for Miami, good win. Um, but how much, you know, how long are you going to ride Fitzpatrick for? Because he wasn't bad at all. But I wouldn't be surprised if Fitzpatrick kind of goes up until week 12 as a starter. And then once they realize they're out of it, Tua comes in for the last four. I mean, he's, they call him Fitz Magic for a reason. This dude had two touchdowns and 160 yards. 160 passing yards? Yeah, passing yards. That's it. That's a bummer. Yeah, 30. Oh, he, and he had one rushing touchdown, so three touchdowns total. But um, still, I thought he did. He played predominantly well for a QB that nobody really, like, that's old and pretty yeah. much just playing just so he can get some retirement money or something. I don't know, maybe 401k, a pension. But, like, still, I honestly thought that maybe by week four, week five, Tua goes in. Yeah, I mean. You know, if they start losing some more games – just throw two in. I'm pretty, he's healthy. They said he's healthy. His hip's fine, they said. Uh, at least it should be if that's what they're saying. Yeah, but I mean, other, I mean they give – go ahead. But, I mean, he's also, they also played the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. which, I mean, looking at their defense, they lost everybody in the offseason. Nobody oh, wants yeah. to be there in Jacksonville. I wouldn't. And, I, mean, I mean, you couldn't even get them gone to stay. Mm-hmm. They got yeah, no, exactly. literally no one would stay. Um, I mean, I wouldn't stay if I was in Jacksonville on a team that, you know, everyone was saying in 2000, like 2014. Was that the year they went to the AFC Championship? It was more recent. I think more was, recent than that? 2016, 17? 2017, I think. I'm not 100% on it. Because who right, played so, was 2019 was Pats versus Chiefs. No, because Pats didn't make it last year. It was the Chiefs, no, Chiefs beat the Titans. Was, the year before right. it was past Chiefs, and we went to the Super Bowl, right? Right. And then it we, gets confusing when you go to the Super Bowl every year. I know. You, you just lose <laughs> track about teams that you just beat in the I think playoffs. It was, I think it was 2017. But either way, yeah, they're only a few years removed from having an incredible yeah. defense. And, well, as soon as they traded Ramsey, I knew it was over. Like, as soon as they shipped yeah, out once Jim, Ramsey I mean, said, Once Ramsey said that we're going to, you know, beat New England and then win that, you know, you know the <laughs> trophy, that's when I knew that, that it's just everything's going downhill from that point. Yeah. How are you well, going to walk into New England saying that you're going to beat them? Well, at some point, Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles isn't even bad. I feel bad he, for that he guy. He got the short end of the stick. Like, they didn't re-sign Allen Robinson. They let him walk. So there goes his best receiver. Then he's throwing to Allen Hearns at a bunch of practice squad guys for two years. Somehow makes the AFC championship. And then after that, they're like, well, actually, we're all set. Like, no, thank you. You're good. Good to go. <laughs> but Blake Bortles is in Denver now. Yeah, I hope he so gets I a shot. I really do. I, I think he's going to do fine. And – Hold on, we didn't even talk about this. Do you hear what happened to Tyrod Taylor? 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. We didn't talk about that. How bad of a doctor do you have to be to puncture a lung? So for those of you listening who may not have heard, the Chargers team doctor before the their game on Sunday, last Sunday, I believe, um, was supposed to administer a painkiller to Tyrod's, like an injection into his – he had cracked ribs already. So the painkiller was supposed to go in there, and somehow the team doctor punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. So now he's out, like, indefinitely for a while. Like, how bad do you have to be at your job? Like, I mean, I get it's not easy, but, like – Come on, like, if you're not sure and you're working on a professional quarterback, wouldn't you be like, all right, I don't know if I can do this because I don't want to, like, kill you. Like, I, I wouldn't That's do it if I wasn't threatening, sure. I'm pretty sure. That's horrible. That's just horrible. Like, how, how do you, first off, how do you miss a rib? Oops, the guy I must missed. Had, the guy must have had a lot of money on Justin Herbert, like, or something. Like, had, like, a couple of grand in his rookie cards and needed him to play. <laughs> Do you hear the conspiracy theories? Justin Herbert went to Oregon and has mm-hmm. a degree in biology. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> he he paid the doctor who probably knows more than him. That's a lot of people were saying that on Twitter. They're they're just like, yeah, you know, here you go. I want to start. Here's some like extra cash. But you're a team doctor. This is your job. And a he's rib, probably out of a sure job your now. rib is your rib's pretty thick. Like that's not hard to miss. This dude must have some shaky hands. He must have been like probably the oops. same guy who deflated the football for the Patriots. Always trying to inflate it. Yeah, just, I just missed, yeah. Oh, whoopsie, I deflated on accident for Tom. But what, what, but what do you say to that? Oh, oops, sorry. Didn't mean to puncture your lung. Yeah, like, what, did, what was his response? Like, do you think he knew that he punctured his lung? Or, like, did he just like, well, decide to get, like, react like, to severe that, pain? Like, you know, I don't I mean, even know. I, I don't want to know. Maybe like, Tyler Taylor, Taylor didn't but... feel it because he just injected a painkiller in his lung. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Did he not feel I want to know more about it, but, like, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to know. What happened? But I feel bad for Taylor. He just can't catch a break. No, and I think in the NFL, and I think NFLPA and like the team are invest are doing an investigation on to see if there's any intentions behind it. But so that dude, yeah. that doctor needs to be gone immediately. Just no, yeah, he's moment. out. I yeah. think <laughs> there's no chance. He should he should have his job. MD taken away for that, his doctorate or whatever. Well, that's the thing. What if you give somebody's lunch to peanut butter? Like, you put peanuts on their ice cream. You're no longer having a job. Like, even if they don't die, they're, like, severely injured or sick. He just ruined Tyrod Taylor. He probably won't have a job anymore. So I don't even think Tyrod Taylor – how can you recover from that? I don't know. I've heard of, like – I've heard of a collapse line. I forget who had some issue with, like, their lung collapsing. But, like, it takes a while. So he's out a few weeks at least. I don't know how you fix that. I have no idea what you just put a Band-Aid over it. No, I don't think so. And another injury, David Andrews, broken thumb. He's going to be yeah. out for the Patriots. That's a huge loss, though. Yeah, they tried to have him snap left-handed in practice, and it looks like if I would snap regular, like that, it looked really bad. Like he was, he was just trying to, like, the, I, it was like the quarterback coach or somebody was under center, just a guy, and he couldn't even get him the ball. So he's going to be out, which is another huge loss. I mean, he didn't play all of last year due to his – it was blood clots, so he, he can't yeah, get you break either. Clots. It's so unfortunate because he's a great guy, a great mm-hmm. team player, and it, it, you just want to see him out there. So, But the good thing is, is, like, not a good thing, but fortunately, like, with a broken thumb, like, you can be out probably two weeks and then get a soft cast on it or something or some kind of brace yeah. where he can probably play. So it might just be a couple of weeks, maybe even a week or two. He was practicing this week with it on, mm-hmm. the cast on. Um, so hopefully he's back within the next couple. Um 
I don't know who they're going to have step into that role. I have to check. Um, it won't be Cannon. It won't be um, Tooney. It won't Newhouse. be – he's not on the team anymore, right? Oh, is he? I, ho- I don't yeah, think. I he hope was he's so not, bad. I don't think he was he a liability. He was a liability no on way. that line. There's no way he's on the team. Uh, but, they had a, I think it's Hajay Freeholt or something. He wasn't bad in training camp. I gotta check. I gotta check on my Patriots offensive lineman. A little behind on that. So can't have Cam snap it to himself. Honestly, <laughs> at that point, but and well, I I had a lot of respect for uh, David Andrews. He said he would rather snap with his left hand. He wanted to be there. But you're gonna be having to block a 380 pound defensive lineman, and you're up like this. You know, your hands in his chest pads. Mm. You're gonna break your thumb again trying to do that. That dude's yeah. just gonna topple right over you and. You see how bad the Patriots did without him last year. The, the at offensive line is going to miss him because he was a huge asset. He's a, a veteran. He's a leader on that team. And Cam Newton now is going to have to adjust to a new center again. So it's pretty much like starting all over yeah. again for Cam. And that's going to be difficult for him. But again, we're playing a very banged up Raiders team on uh, Sunday. So, what I see in this is, you know, probably going to be a good game. It's in New England, so I'm looking forward to that. And with the Raiders, they're, they're on the same team that beat the Saints a week ago on Monday Night Football. So it's going to be very interesting to see these two teams play with injuries that they're dealing with on both sides of the ball. And... I still think the Patriots are going to pull it off because John Gruden just doesn't have luck in New England against the Patriots. Uh, I mean, we can go back to uh, about our time, Austin, when uh, we were youngings and there was the, uh, um, the tuck rule game, AFC championship. Yeah. Yeah. Gruden's still mad about that. Like he never got over that one. Um, he wants to be the Patriots so bad. I just know. but You aren't going to do have, that with Derek Carr. <laughs> I don't know, though, because they've, like, they've been pretty good. Like They've been – the first two games to beat the Saints, too, is impressive. But their running back, Josh Jacobs, is a little bit banged up coming out of the game. He's got a hip injury. Uh, didn't practice on Tuesday – didn't practice Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't know if he practiced Thursday either, but he was limited today. Um, we'll have to check on his status. He's going to be something that's updated Saturday, maybe Sunday before the game. That's huge for New England because their backup running backs are running backs, but they're not guys who run the ball particularly well. They're more pass catchers. Mm-hmm. So if Jacobs isn't going to play, that's huge for the Patriots. Um, you got Carr. You got, you know, I know Henry Ruggs was injured too. There was he's questionable. Yeah. He's, he's questionable. He's a great pickup. And I think they'll guard Darren Waller pretty well. They guarded Olsen pretty well at the tight end position in week two. Uh, week one, I didn't see much from the Bills' tight ends. So I think they'll be okay. Bentley is slow as heck at middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. But I think Kyle Duggar really gives you a good shot with guarding the tight end position. So we'll see how they play Waller. I know Chase Winovich said in a press conference they have something special planned for Waller. Uh, so we'll see what that is. Um, but it's going to be a good game. I think the Pats are going to win. I'll even give you a score prediction. I think it will be 27-21 Patriots. The Patriots do have a 63% chance of winning this game. I'm trying to see if I can find the over-under here. I'll All right, so take here's the, the over. 
So here's the Patriots injury uh, list. James White's going to be out. Uh, you know, he's down with his mother in Florida. David Andrews is out. Josh Uchi. 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 Yeah, Josh Uchi's out. Edelman's yeah, questionable. Rookie, rookie linebacker. He mm-hmm. hasn't played, but, you know, uh, once he gets on the on the field, I think he'll be pretty solid. We'll have to see a couple weeks. He's still injured, needs more practice before he can get in there. Um, and Edelman and Harry are both questionable. Which, they'll be out there. I'm not worried they, about those ones. They, we've seen this every single year with Bill Belichick. Yeah. Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, questionable to play, and they're just there. I have no idea why, but yeah, I know Edelman, to, though. He is neck. I th- I'm pretty sure it was his neck that he hit on one of the plays last week, Sunday Night Football. He's playing. And then, <laughs> yeah, he, he'll play. And then Nikhil Harry, he got hit hard Sunday oh, night. Boy. So Well, maybe he should like use his frame a little bit and hit harder. He's and what, like, he, he what he needs to do break a tackle. is break a tackle. Thank you. It's, it's like, yes, it's easier said than done. But the moment somebody just grabs your like ankle, you don't have to go down right away. You could, you could shake off something like that. Exactly, yeah. Like Ocho Cinco, Terrell Owens, like some of the great receivers were just like soft. They'd go down when they touch you. But the thing is they were running 20 yards at a time and catching passes. Mm-hmm. Harry runs eight yards and falls down. It's like, dude, like you got to get the first down at least. So I think he'll end up being all right. I just think there's going to need a little bit of improvement with him. And I don't think the Raiders' secondary is that good. So I think that's a good chance for Harry to have a pretty solid game. I mean, maybe catch a touchdown pass this weekend. Yeah, I, and yeah, Henry Ruggs is actually out for the game. Oof. So really, the Raiders are losing a big chunk of their offense. Pretty much. I mean, Henry Ruggs was probably one of the best picks I've seen the Raiders like pick in a while. I think probably since Derek Carr, maybe. Well, makes sense. Derek Carr a weapon, yeah. I mean, I like the Cooper pick a few years back, but they obviously mm -hmm. don't have him anymore. They don't want to pay him. They feel like they get somebody better, I think, long term in Ruggs. So we'll see. But other games around the NFL coming up on Sunday, George. We have the two and zero Chicago Bears heading to the zero and two Atlanta Falcons. I honestly think the Falcons are going to win that game. I don't think they'll go zero and three. I mean, they played really well the first two weeks. They just no, they just somehow, blew it. They blew it against. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Cowboys. how. I don't know how no, they, they just did, they but... stared at it. They stared at a ball that was going five yards. They can't they... lose three they... in a row, right? They, they... <laughs> Not to mention, they can't lose to Mitch Trubisky at home. Like, come on. You, what if what if Trubisky, he might be in a running for MVP if he can carry no, this No, 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 he's not. So? There's no chance. So. He's horrible. Really? Look at his stats. He's terrible. He's They're getting carried by Khalil Mack and a couple of trick plays and then the d- decent run game by David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Trubisky is like what Blake Bortles was to that Jaguars team who carried him. Leonard Fournette, you're saying Leonard Fournette carried the Jaguars? No, I'm saying like defensively and a little bit of a run game. Yeah. And another big game I'm I'm seeing here, Rams Bills. That's gonna be a good one. Both two and O teams. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping the Bills lose so we can get that top seed in the AFC East. Hopefully, maybe. And Vikings are terrible. They're playing the Titans in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins, dude, what are you doing? You know, you, you, you signed Dalvin Cook to the, one of the biggest contracts as a running back in NFL history. 
uh, Stefan Diggs still, Adam Thielen. I mean, what are, what are you doing? Well, they traded Diggs to Buffalo. So oh, that was shoot. A, yeah, they did. They did. So I forgot. That was the that. thing that I was going to bring up is, is he still has Thielen, but you, he loses a big weapon. So I think it's honestly like as much as Cousins is disappointed, um, a lot of this is on Minnesota for not building around. You have a horrible secondary. Your front seven is pretty good defensively, but you have mm-hmm. no pass defense. You can't stop anybody. And then offensively, yeah, you have a good running back, but you have nothing else. Kyle Rudolph, the last seven years, has proved to be nothing. Like, okay, he's been fine. Not good. Not horrible, but like a good number two tight end. And they've made no effort to get him a better tight end. They had Diggs and Thielen. Okay. You realize, sorry, uh, this isn't going to work anymore. We'll get rid of Diggs. So are you rebuilding or are you not? They got to decide because it's just now you're going to be in a point where you're going to probably finish like seven and nine and go nowhere. And then so there goes all yeah. that money wasted on Dalvin Cook. Right. You throw all your money away on Cook. You throw your time away on Cook. Uh, you got money just going down the drain with Cousins making more money than he should ever sniff. Um, and then I think Tennessee should win that game. I mean, Tennessee. They, they better. They better. I think they will. Um, Some other big game. I, I, the Cardinals, I'm, they're going to go 3-0, and I believe. They're playing they on 0-2 Lions. That would be um, disappointing. At home, too. At home. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a big one. And then – you got Tommy, Tommy Tampa heading to Denver against Jeff Driscoll. Good for Jeff getting the start again. Yeah, uh, and, uh, he's definitely gonna. Uh, uh, there should be one. no excuse for the Bucks to win that game. And then Sunday Night Football, the two and zero Packers at the one and one Saints. Um, I'll take the Packers in that one. I like the way they've been playing. Drew mm-hmm. Brees hasn't done much to. Remind us of the old Drew Brees. Um, so we'll see if he's still got anything left in the tank. This is a game he's going to want to prove it, though, against Rodgers on national television. So if this is a big game for Drew, this is going to be the one. You skipped a game. You skipped the 4 Oh, I'm game. sorry. I'm sorry. No, Let's you, look I at the you... 425 kickoff on Fox from Seattle where the Dallas Cowboys head to Seattle to fall to 1-2 and two against a Seahawks team that will improve to 3-0. and oh. You know the Cowboys aren't going to win that game, right? Patriots almost beat them. You can cut this section out if you want and post it after I'm right. But the Cowboys <laughs> are not going to win that game. This is just not going to happen. You think Russell Wilson's going to lose to Dak? No. Scott, Dak, it's Dak Prescott, dude. He You're threw, right. He it threw is for Dak 450 Prescott. yards last week. Against the Falcons. Case Keenum could have thrown and for the, 380 and yards. Le- and he led them. To a 20 Led them. Back. Led them. To Dan Quinn and the Falcons. They literally handed them the game. Said, here you go. Here's a football. No, they we actually just they rolled it to them. Well, yeah. They, they just didn't want to win. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Seahawks in that one. They are favorites. That's, yeah, a five-point five spread. That's, that's pretty decent considering the Ravens are at three and a half over KC. And that's going to be the game of the year. That's the game of the week. I mean, or, could be the game of the year. You're right. Both two be, in Baltimore. MVP candidates between both QBs and uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Mitch Trubisky is the other MVP candidate, according to you. He's on at 1 o'clock. So. <laughs> I also said Kyler Murray could be if he continues this. I think but, so. I know. I agree with that one. He's good. He's legit. And Dak I mean, Prescott's he, in there too, but yeah. Oh, uh-huh, continue. What were you saying? Newton's in there with Prescott. Um, I think it'll be a good game. I mean, I, I gotta go. Who's the favorites? 
The Ravens. It's pretty. Favorites, it, but wow. That's a game you wouldn't bet on if you're betting. Like this, the Ravens are no. three and a half favorites. It's tough. The over under is fifty four and a half. I'd probably take the over in that game. I mean, it's pretty high, but I'd probably take the over because you had to assume Mahomes is going to score, and right. Lamar is going to try to run run the ball on the field to score back. So that'll be a good one. Notable. Um, as we wrap up here, I'm Sammy Watkins is going to be questionable. Yeah, he is. I was going to ask George as we wrap things up your bold prediction for week three of the NFL. So these bold haven't prediction. for those of you who haven't watched or have missed them, uh, they're off to What's an interesting record? start. I don't know what your record. We didn't do. Did we do a week two. One? I don't know if we did. Well, week one, I know I said that <laughs> Baker was going to throw penalty eyes and, and three touchdowns. That did not happen. Uh, I did say one. that the Rams were going to beat the Cowboys. Oh, we that did two bold, for that week. That wasn't a bold prediction, though. I said Dude, Tom wasn't right. going to throw a touchdown in his first game. I wasn't that far off. He only had one. So that one didn't come. So I'm over two. We'll just call it over two. I don't know what you're over two. What I say? What was well, my week one? I, oh, I said the Cardinals were going to win week one. Well, they did. I mean, that's like a softball prediction. They were I playing. I would have bet on them. I would have bet the Niners. Yeah. They were the Niners who went to the Super Bowl last year. I wasn't. Yeah, but like, all right, I'll give it to you. I'll and everybody you. was healthy too. Everybody was healthy. Uh what I say for week two? I don't think we did one for week two. I d- I had two. I forgot. Oh, I think I had Tom Brady losing. I probably had I had, no. I had Tom Brady losing. <laughs> All right. So week week so three. Do you have one. one that you like to fire up? Oh. Make it bold. Don't just be like, "Oh, the Jets are gonna have a hundred offensive yards or something." That's gonna oh, happen. I'm gonna it's make terrible. it bold. I'm gonna make it bold. Um, Bengals beat the Eagles. I was just looking at that game. I will, you know, so your your bold prediction is the Bengals beat the Eagles, and and then I'm gonna have Joe Burrow throwing for probably two fifty plus. That's not that impressive. Say three hundred, like you gotta like okay three hundred. Okay, all right, fine, three hundred right. yards. You, think, right, you want so me that, to make it three touchdowns like you? I don't care. That's, you gotta make it bold, not like oh he's gonna have a decent game. Like, and Philly's favorite team in that like, game. I don't know how they're terrible too. Carson Wentz is not good. Carson Wentz needs to go. He, he, you see, um, Bart Scott, I think it was, or on 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 uh, one of the NFL game day shows, um, he said that the Eagles should trade for Nick Foles again. And Mark Sanchez was also he's like, no, dude, like no. I mean, they're not going. Right, Mark Sanchez needs to be the last person to talk. Okay, Mr. Butt fumble. <laughs> he, he over played. There. He played on the Eagles for a little bit. All right, I'll give you my bold prediction. Ah, uh, it's a tough one. Um. As much as I want to go back and like get Baker going, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, yeah, let's stop there. And the Jets aren't going to win a game, so they're not um, going to go with that one. It's not, you know, most of the games are like are pretty straightforward this week, which is the tough part. Yeah, they, I guess they I'll really go. Are. Houston's zero and two. I'm not surprised about that against Pittsburgh. Nothing in that game that's really exciting. Um. I don't know. There's not much this week that's kind of like. Well, you oh, did man, say I, Falcons were going to beat the Bears. Right, that's not really bold. I mean, the Falcons are three point favorites, even though they're on two. All right, I got one. Okay, I'm going to okay, say that Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills beat the Rams at home. So it's not really super bold. But I think Allen's going to have between passing and rushing yards 400 yards and a total of four touchdowns. So 400 total yards and four touchdowns for Josh Allen in their win. 
So it's not Super Bowl, but it's kind of like a. I think he's That's gonna have a monster. Because how many did he? How many did he have in uh, week two? He threw for four touchdowns, I think, and had like three hundred yards. So if he just gets more rushing yards, yeah, yeah, he had four hundred and fifteen passing yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. So I guess yeah, that's a good bold prediction. I like that one, Austin. And then I'll give you one more, um, okay. just for fun. We'll do. We'll do I'll, two I'll give here. you another one then too. So I'll I'll go with Tyler. Hmm. Would t- oh, you have another one ready to go? Well, I think for a second to decide which one I want to fire out there. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys get a win, and Dak throws for four hundred yards. There's a better chance that I get a contract for the G League when that one happens. <laughs> What? We'll see. We'll You're see. For 450 against a Falcon secondary, that's. Yeah, but they're playing the Seahawks secondary. Well, I mean, I guess Cam played pretty well against them. We'll see. Yeah, well, he has to get the win. For, all right, all right. For maybe, he gets four, maybe he gets 400, but getting the win part is the part that's not going to happen. Okay, well, maybe I can get half a point for being right. All right, I got one. I the Packers be- will the Packers will beat the Saints by 20, 20 or more points on Sunday Night Football. They're going to embarrass Drew. That's wow. That's mine. In I the Superdome. Yeah, I got Josh Allen throwing for well, throwing and rushing a total of 400 yards and four touchdowns, and the Packers beating the Saints by three touchdowns. Oh, 20 points. So. And I have Joe Burrow going for 300 and a win, 300 yards, three touchdowns and a win. Dak Prescott 400 yards and a win. Oh, we'll see what happens. Any any final thoughts here, George, on episode four? Let's go. Let's go, Celtics. Let's hope. Let's get a big win on uh, Sunday. We need it. We need it. it. What a day I mean, in literally. sports! What a day in sports! It's, Sunday. A Sunday's good. Sunday's gonna be an amazing day. I'll you, be you have. You'll have, Patriots at one, Celtics at six, a uh, seven. Yeah. And then that's it. That's that's pretty much it. I oh, mean, then I get maybe. to watch some. Well, I don't have them in fantasy, so I'm not gonna watch Sunday Night Football. So I'll watch Celtics, but. Yeah, it's going to be a great day in sports. Um, I I got to think the Celtics are going to make this thing go seven. I really do. I have a, a lot of strong belief. They have the momentum. Balls in their court now, right? I mean, the thing is, is once you get to seven, it's anyone's series. Again, it's even. It's back to even. It's yep. like, it's basically like the Heat. You both are kind of in the same boat now. So we'll see what happens, George. But you know, another great episode here on Midnight Mania Sports again. Uh, thank you for listening. Austin Nakuti here with George Hathley. We will see you again later this week and see if some of these bold predictions come true. Uh, you know, have a have a great night and thank you for listening. And I guess George, go Cowboys, right? Go Cowboys, Austin. All right.